This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This Saturday Squeeze is brought to you by Visit Canberra. Across the next few weeks, you'll be hearing from us and Visit Canberra about why you should consider a trip to the nation's capital. There's world-class art, there's breathtaking nature, and it's a foodies wonderland. Give it a go. There's so much more than they're telling us. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Saturday Squeeze this week, Claire, is about personalities, I reckon. That's kind of the theme of the episode. Tina Turner, Ben Robert Smith and a little known guy called Peter Collins. Kate, that's a reference to the PwC scandal. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Recommends is Margot Robbie and Ed Sheeran. So on the personalities. personalities. Exactly. And we have a little snippet, speaking of personalities, we have a little snippet of our very... First ever Squiz Today podcast by request. I'm just dreading this. The most clicked link out of the Squiz Today newsletter this week, Claire, was a link to a life-changing Bunnings bucket. Why is this bucket so great? It's so random. Yeah. Why <laughs> so, do so many people care? Look, it's a 20-litre bucket. It's quite big. Oh, that's big Like bucket. that's bigger than your normal sort of household bucket. Mm-hmm. It's got the Bunnings logo on it. It's taken on a bit of a cult following. So we picked up an article in New Zealand about it. Uh, one of the reviews, to give you a sense of why it's so popular, uh, the review said, as I reach for it, I hear the angels singing and an instant <laughs> feeling of warm comes over me as I place my hand on the plastic coated wire handle. Is this like a kind of a joke now? No, it's, it's apparently just a, a really great good bucket. Bu- yeah. I don't know how you have a bath bucket. <laughs> Let me tell you. There's the a hole in my bucket maybe <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, let's move on. Biggest story this week. Of course, we will put a link to the Bunnings bucket if you would like to check it sure. out in your episode notes. Biggest story this week though, most covered at least in the, mm. the back end of the week, was the death of Tina Turner-Claire. She died this week aged 83. In preparing for this podcast, I got stuck watching video after video of her commercials with the NRL. She really does have like a, a tie to Australia. Of course, she has a much bigger story, but the Aussie thing's real. Yeah, it really is. So her big songs that really saw her rocket to the top of the charts in the 80s and 90s when she was sort of redoing herself, um, they were written by Scotland's Graham Lyle and also an Aussie, Terry Britton. Oh, I didn't uh, what's okay. love got to do with it? We don't need another hero. Uh, those sort of songs. Were I think um, by them. What's love got to do with it's my favourite. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, so many of this. She's so great. Yeah. Uh, during that period, she also appeared alongside Mel Gibson in the movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That had a bit of a cult following too, like the Bunnings bucket. Um, <laughs> it was directed by an Aussie, George Miller. I just I can't believe you just compared Mad Max and the Bunnings bucket. But anyway, we might we might move on from that. <laughs> Always trying to find things that go. Well, she had an Aussie agent as well, Roger Davies. He put out a statement this week um, just saying how great she was Mm. to work with. Um, The Nutbush as well, of course. Is there a wedding you've been to, Claire? Well, you haven't done the nutbush. I've tried to avoid it, I know, at certain times, <laughs> especially in the 80s and 90s. It was such a huge thing. Uh, probably my strongest memory, though, is just doing it at primary school over and over again. Well, this is the thing. So I got looking into the nutbush and, you know, let's talk about the nutbush yep. because it is a, it's a real iconic, sort of iconic Aussie dance. Mm. Um, it actually, Tina Turner never did it. No. She has nothing to do with <laughs> nothing. it. Nothing. No one really knows and a lot of people have tried to figure out where it came from. Yeah. Anyone who grew up in the 
eighties, nineties remembers doing it at school. There yep. is a rumor, yeah, that it started at schools, yeah, and one school did it, and then the next school did it, and then it just went from there. This teacher's sort of a grapevine of passing on, yeah. great nifty things to do at school. Um, yeah, no one's really got to the bottom of that. As you say, the Nutbush is actually about Tina Turner's hometown, yeah. which is Nutbush, Tennessee. So, yeah, it really did take on a whole life of its own a whole here life in Australia. Of its own. And, I mean, we haven't talked about the NRL link enough, but um, mm. that was obviously a huge thing. Mm. She was um, basically the unofficial ambassador or the official ambassador for the NRL for years and years and years and years. Her songs, Simply the Best, was the song of the NRL. And it that is that marketing campaign is credited with bringing the NRL really into the professional league of sports. Yeah, and I know you've got a sort of extended family link to the guy who put it all together, I John do. Quayle. I so, do. I yeah, do. It's, watching, it's a tenuous link. Yeah, yeah, but watching the videos about his thinking and how much pressure was on him yeah. to get it right, and, of course, it wasn't obvious, as he says, a black American woman yeah. who's a superstar and she's, has she ever heard of rugby league? Yeah. Do Australians get the connection? It was a big big sort of risk for him to take but it absolutely worked and I think of all of that obviously um given she died this week you can't read a bad word about her no 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 one has said she absolutely adored um here in Australia and abroad Claire you wanted to recommend her documentary I know I really did I reckon it's probably the best thing that I saw in 2021 uh it's not around you can't even rent it on Apple in the Apple shop. Yeah, you couldn't at the find moment. it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere, but it'll no doubt come back. It's called Tina. If you do happen to find it somewhere and you haven't watched it, absolutely watch it. It's a it's a terrific doco. I learnt I was watching the Maddie John show last night and yeah. he is apparently a big musical um, fan. Yes. Musical theatre fan. Tina the musical is in theatres yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So if you need your Tina Turner fix, there's an option there for there's you. There's a way to go. Let's move on to the news story of the week. We, we didn't talk about it a whole lot this week, you and I, but when it came up when we were discussing what to talk about on Saturday Squiz, we recognised that plenty of people who listen to the Squiz work for mm. these big consulting firms, so PwC and the like, mm. and also plenty of our audience work in the public service and they're mm. kind of the two big stakeholders in this mm. PwC scandal. So we thought we'd talk about that. Yeah, it's been kicking around for a few weeks and I think to the extent that we have talked about it since it really did sort of start bubbling up is that there's this story the Australian and the Financial Review are talking about it but mm. it doesn't seem to quite be breaking through yet but it certainly did break through this week and that's because uh, the Treasury uh, and we'll get into the details of why the Treasury is involved it recommended um, that the Federal Police have a look at the case this week so there could be criminal charges involved. That always makes headlines as Indeed. soon as you get the word police and criminal charges that'll yeah. do it. To the background of this specific story, there was a guy who yep. worked at PwC called Peter Collins. Yep. Basically, long story short, this has been going for years and years and years, but he shared the details of tax projects he was working on for the federal government with his colleagues. Yeah. Which in and of itself, okay. You would accept think that. Accept that. You'd think that's fine, accept that. Yeah. Um, so he was, Peter Collins was the head of international tax. He was quite a senior guy at PwC and he was engaged by the government to give his advice on new tax laws targeting multinational companies that were shifting their profits offshore. Um, you might remember that's been something that's been talked about quite a bit in our mm. politics about how do you get companies to actually pay their tax here in Australia if they're big global companies. Um, Collins passed that information on um, despite signing confidentiality agreements. There's, there's your 
problematic point number one. Exactly. Yep. He'd signed an agreement saying he wouldn't pass it on, but he did to his colleagues within PwC who then took it to 14 clients, that inside knowledge, mm. um, the clients that would be affected by these tax changes. So the accusation is that PwC used secret government info to advise their clients on how to sidestep those new laws. And they charged money for that. So they yep. made money from doing that. Pressure's been on PwC as more and more comes out. We've seen the Aussie CEO stand down. He'll leave the company. The federal government has now this week asked that any personnel involved in the breach be removed from existing government contracts. Mm. That's the quick and dirty on what's happened. The interesting thing I think from here is how does the government continue working with PwC while all this is playing out? And I think mm. you mentioned millions and millions of dollars that the government currently has in contracts with PwC. Yeah, yeah. So when you go back into the 2021 financial year, there was 888 million dollars worth of contracts across those big four consulting firms. Um, When you look at exactly what the federal government has committed to contracts at the moment in this current financial year with PwC, it's $255 million worth. That's a lot of dollars. It's problematic from that point of view, but it's also the sort of projects they're working on that the government says are quite critical that Mm. they need that advice, particularly in the defence region. And this is where, so it's the government that's actually come after PwC, Deborah O'Neill specifically, who is a Labor senator. Yeah. But then it's her government and her colleagues who are working with the public service and with these consulting firms. And it's that crunch where how do they get the job of government done without them? And basically, I mean, Claire O'Neill was talking about this yesterday on yes. um, on AM radio. She said, look, we don't, we haven't worked that out yet. Yeah. And that's really the big crunch. So there's people with skills in the public service, very highly skilled people work in the public service in these technical areas, but there is that gap that they need to buy in, mm. that advice. So if we are going to push back on PwC, if we are going to push back on other consulting firms and bring down that cost, um, bring down that exposure to secrets being used and profited on, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. It's, um, Katie Gallagher's problem, she's the finance minister, so she's leading this for the government it's basically one big giant mess Claire I think (laughs) that's a good summary of it (laughs) that's a good summary of it and that's just on that specific issue you can also bet that scrutiny of government contracts with other firms isn't too far away either exactly right and I guess just to wrap this one up the trust yeah you know the breach of trust they did the wrong thing it's really really hard to work with people you don't trust yeah um so there's that as well before we move on i quickly wanted to close the loop on a story we talked about at length in saturday squeeze a few weeks ago yep just very quickly it was the closure of milk run Mm. claire they've made a miraculous comeback (laughs) of sorts yeah. yeah so the business um of course was that grocery delivery business under 10 minutes if you're in certain parts of sydney and melbourne they raised a heap of money Mm. to try and make it work. It didn't work, so they folded. Um, The founder copped a lot of criticism for being really bolshy about his outlook for the business. Woolworths have bought it. Woolworths have now bought them. And I think at the time, the sentiment that you and I sort of had was, well, good on him for giving it a go. Yeah. And now look. So there you go. Something came out of it. I mean, it's a lot more complicated than, a you know, as I said, a miraculous recovery, but something came out of it and it just goes to show what happens when you give things a red hot crack. You never know. (laughs) Claire, it's a big week next week in news, actually. So this is our What's Coming Up segment. You want to talk about something very specific. I'm going to give the top line view of all the big (laughs) news things that are going to happen. 
Here I go. Go for it. Monday. It's the start of National Reconciliation Week and anyone in Canberra or the ACT, you have a public holiday. Chris Dawson on Monday will also face trial over historical allegations he had a sexual relationship with an underage student, the, the Teacher's Pet Podcast, yep. for anyone who needs that reference. Claire, it's also the Gloucestershire Cheese Rolling Festival in the UK, <laughs> so there's that as well. Tuesday, Elizabeth Holmes begins her 11-year prison sentence. Wednesday, your favourite day, the ABS Monthly Consumer <laughs> Price Index indicator is out and it's also State of Origin Game 1 in Adelaide. So Your favourite day. Mine and your favourite day. Yep. Thursday, the Minister for Trade and Tourism, Don Farrell, is at the National Press Club. It's also Global Day of Parents. That's okay. nice. Friday, National Donut Day. And that's your weekly wrap of what's coming up. You need a donut <laughs> at the end of all of that, I would have thought. A coffee. <laughs> so State of Origin for you. That's yeah, something I'm looking big forward to look to out that. for. I don't mind a bit of cheese rolling because if you see the <laughs> pictures of the people running down that steep hill chasing the cheese. It's always funny. That's what that's all yeah. about until you break a leg. It's really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, the verdict in a big defamation case is on Thursday. Ben Robert Smith case, of course. Let me set the scene and then I'll let you get into it. Um, he's the recipient of the Victoria Cross, our highest military honour. He's suing The Age, the Sydney Morning Herald and the Canberra Times for defamation over reports they published that he says are defamatory, <laughs> defamation, defamatory, yep. and portray him as committing war crimes, including being involved in the murder of six Afghan civilians. So that's the backstory. Tell us what to expect. This case seems to have been going on forever. So long. Because it sort of has. Um, yeah. The trial ran over three months and it was COVID interrupted. So it stretched out for quite a long period of time. We heard a lot from our elite forces and how they operated during the war, probably more than any official reports gave us. So that was interesting during that whole period. Mm. Um, the judge has then spent 10 months weighing his decision. And so we'll find out on Thursday what the decision will be. Is that and right? there's a lot at stake. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it'll either be shattering for Ben Robert Smith and his reputation uh, or it will be very expensive for those newspapers. Yeah, it's, uh, it is being dubbed as sort of the media versus mm. it's, um, it's one of those kind of cases and you're so right to call it out because Thursday will be huge as mm. far as that goes. Um, and particularly when media is involved, um, they report on it. So it'll be everywhere, it no will. doubt. The cost to run the case will be more than $25 million, Claire. That's before damages. Before any damages, um, we'll have to wait and see how all that money shakes out. But it's really been a lawyer's picnic, that one. Yeah, look out for that on Thursday next week. Claire, before we get stuck into Squeeze Recommends, we have a message from our advertiser on this week's podcast, same as last week, Visit Canberra. Across the next few weeks, we'll be talking to some of Canberra's personalities about what makes Canberra so great. We kicked off this week with the founder of The Pop Inn, Kimberly O'Hyan. Yeah, so that's a pop-up wine bar and it showcases the best spots in the nation's capital to enjoy some local wine and also some great local produce. So a really great business. Kate, as part of these interviews, we're asking those we talk to to come up with their dream itinerary in Canberra, what that would be. So I thought I'd get yours. Yeah, I've actually had time to think about this because I was in Canberra last weekend, so it's fresh in my mind. 
Here it is, and then I'll get yours. Okay. Claire. I'll go for brekkie at one of the cafes on Lonsdale Street. I'm a Northside Canberran. You are. I walk up the lesser known Black Mountain, my favourite mountain. Yeah, it's That's a, good a one. fantastic walk. Um, I then do a trip to Old Parliament House, which is the home of the Museum of Australian Democracy, and that's because I've got a couple of kids. So it has really great things for the kids to do, mm. all ages. It has a cafe as well for coffee for the adults oh, yeah. um, and a whole lot of Australian history. Dinner for me is back on Lonsdale Street. Okay. You? Some good options there. Um, <laughs> for me, a bit of shopping and a bite to eat in Monica. I'm more... South side, so yeah, yeah, that's my thing. That. <laughs> a stroll around Lake Burley Griffin. Mm-hmm. I'd then pop into the National Gallery of Australia for a squeeze at the latest exhibition that they've got on. It's also got a really great gift shop. You've been raving about that gift shop oh, for yeah. a long time. It's terrific. Long story short, whether it's with the family, your mates, or a significant other, you really should consider a weekend away to Canberra. On to Squeeze Recommends now. Squeeze Recommends, Claire. Margot Robbie's everywhere at the moment and that's because the Barbie movie is out 21st of July and she's in full pre-promotion mode. Yeah. Um, Really long read in Vogue, so Summer Vogue in the US, um, about her, an interview with her. I I really enjoyed it. Really long read. Yeah. Um, Very interesting and I didn't quite appreciate how she's really into the making of it. Oh, yeah. Like the generation of the idea even, taking it to Mattel uh, and taking it to Warner Brothers. So, yeah, really, really interesting reveal I think about exactly how clever she is I think she's so much more than an actress Margot Robbie and she's someone that over the course of her doing these longer form interviews she's been great to get to know and you know fantastic Australian so that's super worth a read I watched Ed Sheeran's um, documentary this week and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed it so that's a recommendation from me Uh, it's called um, the sum of the sum of it all the sum sum of of it all all, I think Um, it's very personal yeah. Um, and it features his wife quite heavily, yeah. um, which is, you know, always a bit interesting to look at, you know, behind <laughs> the curtain of celebrities' He's lives. He's really been through it, Ed Sheeran. I don't think I, again, quite appreciated how much he'd actually been battling through in the last few years. In the years. last little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just living life, isn't mm. he? So, um, that's my recommendations until I get to my US Embassy Nutbush Twitter um, <laughs> video, Claire, but I'll let you take that one, I think. Yeah, so as we touched on, I wanted to recommend that documentary on Tina Turner, but we are moving straight in into a video of the staff from the US (laughs) Embassy here in Australia. They went out the front of their very grand embassy in Canberra uh, following the death of Tina Turner and they did the nutbush and some were really great at it, (laughs) some were really terrible. It's just so funny because some people have rhythm and some people don't. (laughs) It really drags you back to primary school for exactly that reason. Some people have got it, some people haven't. It was terrific. Finally, um, as we're recording this podcast, Claire, news has come through that Joy McKean has died and she is a much underappreciated Australian. She was the wife of Slim Dusty. Yep. I watched a documentary during COVID actually on her. It's called Slim and I. She wrote all of his songs. I'm a bit cranky that you haven't told me about this doco because, as you say now, that it's probably right down my alley. So I'm diving into this this weekend. Um, She was just such a legend even in her own time but Mm. as you say not as prominent 
as the guy that she wrote all the songs for. I know. And she she really did. She won a golden guitar. Yeah. She's called the queen of country music here yeah. in Australia. Her story is incredible and the documentary, you just can't help but fall in love with her, honestly. I'm reading a couple of reviews here. Utterly charming. Yeah. A brilliant love story. Um, it did really well with yeah. the reviews. I can't believe I haven't heard of it. Yeah, so she died age 93 um, and, yeah, I think Squiz recommends this week from me definitely uh, to check that documentary out. Claire, Squiz Press um, this week, we didn't have anything specific, but you and I last week accidentally kind of recommended yes. but didn't recommend people go and listen to the first episode of Squiz today. So I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know what we were thinking. It was actually very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we've had quite a bit of feedback saying, that people want to hear some of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's quite difficult to find on your podcast app. Apple only goes back so far. Thank God. People can't find it. So we've dug it out of the archives. Okay. And we'll play you just a little snippet. It's Monday, the 21st of May. Australia's trade relationship with China questioned. Ebola virus outbreak. Cuban air crash is the worst in decades. And of course, the royal wedding. Welcome to our first Squiz Today podcast. Claire, there really was no other news over the weekend other than the royal wedding, but you've managed to find some. It was an effort, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've done really well. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, it looks like uh, our trade relationship with China is being questioned. Yeah, and it's it's broader than just the trade relationship too. So people who've been following um, this big theme for the year, which is um, China and their place in the world. So look, (laughs) you really copped it in that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Not much of me, thank God. The rest of the episode, oh man. What the takeout for me was how little has changed in the news. We're talking about royals, we're talking about China, um, viruses. Like, yes, you know, like yeah. Um, I mean, it, the news moves every single day, but the themes are the same. My love of eighties music has remained. <laughs> You're a little still very skeptical about all of that. Did we talk about that in the we podcast? We did talk about oh, that. God. Okay, well, there Kate you go. couldn't push it through, herself through to the end of it. Look, it uh, it's a good example of practice. I think yeah. making perfect. I think there's that Malcolm Gladwell. Um, rule of if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're an expert. I don't know that we've racked up 10,000 mm. hours, but we're certainly, certainly pretty close. <laughs> into the thousands. And, and that's for everyone who wrote in saying, now that you've <laughs> mentioned the first episode of Squiz today, yeah. um, can we please hear it? There you go. There that's you go. for you. That'll do. Enjoy your weekend and we'll be back next week.